Hey everyone, you're listening to Frankly with Faith. And of course, I am your host, Faith Tomlinson. For the past week, I have been doing a very non-professional inventory of myself with this impending major move to another country and with some recent slights and hurts that I've encountered, I thought it might be healthy to just check in with me. Now, I am not a therapist, but one of the things that I have learned in therapy is it can be beneficial for someone to take the time to recognize, acknowledge, and process present feelings and past experiences. What ideally happens, I think, is you begin to understand and assess the story we tell ourselves about ourselves and the version of ourselves we present to others. Now, I put together my own list of questions that I'm going to go through with you. One of the reasons I chose to do this on my podcast is because I want you all to hear the unpolished, authentic faith. You'll learn a little bit more about me with this. And you may end up loving me or you may end up hating me, but oh well, here goes. Okay, but before I get started, I just want to let you know that I took the liberty of having a few glasses of wine and some drinks so I could be a little more relaxed. And I have another glass here to help me along as well. I hope you don't mind. So here goes. Do I have kids and do I want them? We do not have kids yet, but Stephen and I both want children. I would like two and Stephen would like three. But seeing as how these children are coming out of my vagina... We will not be having three. God willing, we will be having two healthy, happy babies. So hate to break it to you, Steve. Three is not the magic number. If I were another person, would I be friends with myself? Hell yes. (laughs) Hell yes. Hell yes. I would be friends with myself. I'm fucking awesome. Okay, let me just explain. Um... I mean, I don't have a large group of friends, but the, the people that I'm friends with seem to love me and I love them. And I think that I'm very giving and selfless. I'm ride or die. Um, if I consider you an actual friend, you're family and I am there for you without question and beyond a shadow of a doubt. So I would want to be friends with that person. So yes, I would be friends with me. Scary movie or happy endings? Oh, scary movie, hands down. I love all things murder, horror, scary, serial killer, everything of that nature is my jam. Let's see. I I don't know how to explain it. I just find it fascinating. I love learning about serial killers. I like being scared. Um... I don't really care for romantic comedies. That's not my ish. I, I, I think it's a load of crap. I think romantic comedies are a load of crap. I don't enjoy watching it for the most part. Although there are a couple exceptions to the rules. Pretty Woman. Uh, the Notebook. Uh, 
And The Lake House with Keanu Reeves. I believe that was the name of it, The Lake House. But if you follow Keanu Reeves, it was with him and Sandra Bullock. I loved that one too. Who was your best friend? Well, it's not a matter of was. She still is. And her name is Cerise. We grew up together. We grew up in the same neighborhood. We could ride our bikes to each other's houses. Our parents, our moms were best friends. And it was awesome to have someone to grow up with through elementary school, middle school, and high school. Um, And it's still nice to have that connection, especially with her mom, someone who who knew my mom and is still in my life. Um, I don't want to cry. So I love her like a sister. Her friendship means a lot to me and I care about her a lot. What is your zodiac sign and do you believe in it? I am a cancer and I do not believe in zodiac signs whatsoever. Now, disclaimer, if you follow it and believe it, the zodiac signs more power to you. I have respect for that. I personally just don't believe in it. I think it's a load of shit. But if you think you can tell me a lot about myself that I don't already know or enlighten me on that because of my zodiac sign, feel free to hit me up. Also, I don't even know my husband's zodiac sign. I know his birthday, of course, but I don't know his sign, nor do I care. But again, if you can enlighten the both of us on it, hit me up. What is the least favorite thing about myself? Okay. Um, remember, I, I have been drinking, right, to get myself relaxed for this. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to collect my thoughts right now. My least favorite thing about myself is my ability to cut people off and cut them out of my life for an extended period of time, weeks, months, or even years. When I feel like someone has done wrong by me, when I feel like I have been disrespected, when I feel like I have been insulted, I cut people out. I'm just done with you, period. I'll wish you nothing but the best and say God bless and keep it moving. Now that's not to say that I have relationships that have bounced back from them. Sometimes space and time is a good thing. And there are relationships that to this day, I don't really correspond with those people. And for good reason, right? Because it's okay to protect yourself in your personal space. How many countries have I visited? Oh God, I wish I hadn't been drinking Okay, let's let's try to think. Mexico, Jamaica, Peru, Germany, Turkey, Italy, Greece, Panama. Oh man. I feel like I'm missing one or two. And I'm really trying to thank you guys. But I think Right now, all I can remember is eight. That's eight. And there's plenty more that I want to visit. Favorite memory from childhood. (laughs) Oh, man. There are so many. But what comes to mind immediately 
is sleep away racist Christian camp in Arkansas. <laughs> yes. Bear with me. I will explain. Before I do that, let me take a drink. Okay. So, sleep away racist Christian camp in Arkansas. So my brothers were able to go to sleepaway camp before me and I was very envious and I really wanted to go. And finally my mom said, hey, we're taking this road trip. And instead of you coming home, we're dropping you off just like the boys. I was so excited when I got to my cabin and met the girls. This was in the first two days. Everything seemed okay, but there was one girl in particular who just did not like me. And she tried to get the other girls to not like me. And one day she said to me, she called me a nigger. And I remember being in the shower and I hadn't told my counselor yet. And I was just crying. Like I just cried and cried and cried because I had met all these really awesome girls who I wanted to be friends with and make friendship bracelets with and get to know. And this one girl just didn't like me just because I was black. So I finally told my counselor, um, she took it to the higher ups and this girl was eventually kicked out. Um, and she was not allowed at camp. So that was good. So I was able to get to know these other girls and have a good experience, but being called something so derogatory for no apparent reason as a child is really hard, but there were memorable fun experiences at camp arts and crafts, child time, meeting the first white guy, <laughs> white boy that I liked and thought was attractive and being able to talk and get to know him, um, horseback riding, playing in the lake. Uh, all those things are great memories from camp, but camp wasn't all fun and games. Uh, we had separate pools for girls and boys and very rarely were boys and girls able to intermingle so I was in the pool and they had one of these black inner tubes with this really long like spout that stuck out so I had the really you know grand idea that I would jump into this inner tube from outside the pool so I positioned the inner tube and where the spout was facing away from me so I tried to hurry up and hop out of the pool to jump in the inner tube but of course, being water and this buoyant inner tube, it spun around in the water and I didn't think about it. So when I went to jump into the pool, into this inner tube, that spout went straight up my nose. And its I don't remember feeling pain in that moment. I just remember thinking, foreign object, pressure, this is bad. So I immediately cut my face. And with my hands, I'm cupping my face with my hands. And the other people in the pool, the other girls are like, oh my God, they're screaming bloody murder. I have no idea why though. Again, I wasn't feeling pain as of yet. As I'm walking out of the pool, I take the hands away from my face and my hands are covered in blood. Blood is dripping down my face, you know, onto my swimsuit. Like I'm just, I'm now be, I'm now covered in blood and it's just bad. So I was taken to the infirmary. 
where I had to call my parents. <laughs> God bless my parents. They didn't miss the beat. They didn't even offer to come and get me. They just told them, sounds like she's fine. You got it under control. She'll be okay. <laughs> and being an adult now, I can see why that that was their reaction. I'm sure when you have kids and multiple children, you want as much time away to just decompress and do your own thing as possible. So I spent a few days in the infirmary. Um, and then again, this sort of sleepaway camp, Christian sleepaway camp, we did, you know, we had sort of church and then we had praise and worship and we sang hymnals and different songs. And towards the end of sleepaway camp, as a camp, we would hike this trail up this mountain that would display this cave. And in this cave was a wooden cross. And we're singing our hymnals and, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know. And I noticed this wire that is coming down into the cave connected to the cross. I kid you not. But I didn't think anything of it. And so as we're singing these songs, I see a ball of fire come down this this line and set the cross on fire. Any black child knows a cross burning is not a good sign. I immediately start panicking, screaming for my brothers, and I'm crying. And I remember my counselor at the time gathering the other girls in my cabin to usher us away to start the hike back to our individual cabin. But I was scared for my life. I thought I was going to die. That's not a good sign. And to this day, I have no idea what that represented or why they would even do that. Please don't ask me. I don't know. But if you doubt the validity of this story, you can reach out to my brother, Tim, if you know me, he will vouch for this. He saw it too. So did Chris. We all saw this happen. I was just afraid for my life. Needless to say, we did not go back to camp after that. <laughs> God, that's awful. Okay. Tell us one of your bad habits. One of my bad habits. Oh, cussing. Okay, I have a potty mouth. I tend to cuss. I try to be mindful of the people who are around me, such as my aunt, uncles, elders, or my in-laws, and not cuss. I worked in education, so definitely not cussing in front of my students. Um, but for the most part, outside of that, I do cuss. I would like to cuss less, but at the end of the day, I don't give a fuck. So if you don't like it, don't listen. <laughs> Sorry. Three things that upset you. Easy. Lying, ignorance, and closed-mindedness. Some of these things I'm still dealing with as of late, especially the closed-mindedness. Um, but I'll get into that a little bit later. Three things that make you happy. Ooh. My husband. Food. I love tacos. Vacations. I love going on vacation, especially with my husband. We're both relaxed. We both want to have a good time. We can connect in multiple ways. Mental, emotional, and physical. <laughs> All right. Next question. How is your relationship with your parents? Okay, well, both of my parents are dead. My mom died when I was 16. My dad died about 
three, four years ago. So I don't really have, I don't have a relationship with my parents now because they are dead. And that's that. One word that describes you. Feisty. Feisty is the best word to describe me. I'm lively. I'm determined. I can be a bit courageous. I'm touchy, aggressive, and assertive. That's feisty, you know, all rolled up into one. That is me to a T. Am I an extrovert or an introvert? I feel like for the most part, I'm an extrovert. I like to have a good time. I can be very social. But the older I get, I feel like I'm becoming an introvert more and more because I just don't like people. I don't like people. I don't like getting to know new people. I don't want to have to extend the energy and effort and the wherewithal to get to know you, your story. And nine times out of 10, within the first 15 minutes, I know whether I like you or not. And uh, most of the time, I don't like people. And I've had people say to me, well, you don't even know me not to like me. Well, I talked to you for 15 minutes. And from what I've heard from you for 15 minutes, I already know I'm not going to like you. And I'm one of those people where if you're needy, if you need to hear from your friend on a consistent, regular basis, we're not going to be friends, okay? I like friends where it can be a month, six months, a year, life has happened. We may not be speaking at the moment, not because we had a falling out, but because life happens. And when we do talk, we pick right up where we left off. If you're needy, we're not going to be friends, just not going to happen. Does my name have a special meaning? Uh, yes. So my dad was married once before he married my mom. And so in each set, he had three boys and a girl. And in my set with my mom, she had already had two boys. And so she really wanted a girl. So she prayed to God and she asked for a girl. And then she had amazing, beautiful me. And she believed in faith that it was going to be a girl. And she named me Faith. Ta-da! Do I have a fear of anything? Yep. Heights. I am deathly afraid of heights, asked Stephen. But funny thing is, when we first started dating... For Valentine's Day, Stephen booked a skydiving excursion for the two of us. He had already been skydiving. I had not. He knew I was afraid of heights, but he wanted to help me get over that. And I remember going through the safety class and the course and learning the things that we needed to learn before we could go up in the plane. And originally, I was supposed to jump after him. He was supposed to jump first. But he knew that if he jumped first, I was not going to jump. So he told them, no, she's got to jump first. And I remember the guy being on my back. He had me walk up to, you know, the little the little door that was open. And he said, okay, go ahead and count to three. And I promise you, I said one. And before I could utter the word two, he pushed me through and we were free falling. Now, it felt amazing, but logically, my mind was telling me we just fell out of a plane. So on the skydiving video, you can see me cupping my face and just saying over and over again, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, and snot like flying out. 
Um, but I remembered to pull the rip cord. I, he tapped me on the shoulder when it was time for me to pull it. And the view, the view up there was amazing. And I'm so glad Stephen made me do it. But I will never, ever do that again. But I highly recommend it at least one time. What am I doing that works well in my life right now? I'm learning to take a beat, to take a moment, especially when I feel like someone has upset me, slighted me, disrespected me, or has been offensive. Normally, my knee-jerk reaction is to respond and make that person feel like two inches, right? And I'm normally really good at that. I don't necessarily want to be known for that. So taking a beat, even if that means writing out what I'm feeling in that moment and not sending it. Um, also now at 33, establishing boundaries and being comfortable and okay with those boundaries. And this is really pertinent because I'm at a time in my life currently where people who are supposed to be close to me have wronged me and hurt me and so I have to keep certain people at a distance to maintain my peace my sanity and so I can maintain the best version of me for my family i.e. for Stephen and I and our relationship and our future children and I have no qualms about doing that um, and if any family member is listening to this and you feel like this is you Hit me up and we can talk about it personally and then maybe we can hash this out and maybe this can be the the doorway to communication and conversation that can bridge that gap. But if you keep disrespecting me, you will be kept at a distance. Let's see. Do I like what I see when I look in the mirror? No. When Steven met me, I was getting ready for my first bodybuilding competition. I was completely ripped. I was looking amazing. I was muscular and awesome. And now I'm thicker than a snicker. I got thick thighs, big breasts. Uh, oh, a round perky butt that I've been working on with my trainer. Um, and Steven loves all of that. But I personally do not like it. So right now, I'm just trying to get to a healthy version of me before we have kids that's what I'm concerned about I just want to be healthy I want to be a healthy mom so I can bring healthy children into this world am I holding on to pain from the past or have I taken the time to let go heal and move forward okay uh, this is a tough one yes I'm holding on from pain from the past I'm going to speak from my perspective and my experience. I cannot speak for my brothers. I mean, we were all there when this happened. But I was 16 when my mom passed away. And my mom died. And I was the one who found her dead. And having to walk through those doors, seeing her feet on the ground, yelling for help, calling 911. All of that at 16 at a time where I didn't realize it, but looking back, I needed my mom the most has definitely shaped me. 
it's a pain that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. And it's one of the last peaceful, somewhat peaceful images I have of my mom. It's in the hospital, in that room, with her laying on that kearney. And uh, she looked like she was sleeping and I squeezed her hand so hard. I wanted to make it hurt so I could just make her wake up. And she did it. And from that moment on, my life was changed. And it's taken me a long time to finally go to therapy, get help to grieve, deal, process, and heal and move forward. Because I want to get to a place where I can speak about her to my kids and not react the way that I'm reacting now. I want to be able to share all the good things and memories and characteristics and what made her her with my kids without them seeing my pain. And that is, that's what I'm working towards. So yeah, I'm still holding on to that pain. I haven't let it go, but I am trying to and I'm trying to heal and I'm trying to move forward <sighs> one second <laughs> I had to take a drink sorry <sighs> okay how do I feel right now well shit <laughs> I feel a little sad talking about my mom but all in all, my husband is coming home in a few days, and that makes me very excited to finalize this visa, to spend quality time together on a little getaway, to reconnect, because I have not seen my husband since, let's see, since Christmas Day. Stephen left December 25th, early that evening. To start his job in Saudi Arabia. And I have not seen him since. We do not talk every day. Because we are not able to sometimes. Because of the nature of his job. Uh, and it's hard. So I miss him. A lot. So I am completely thrilled and excited that he will be home soon. And that we're making the necessary steps. And getting the necessary things done so that we can finally live together like a normal couple. So that's my little personal inventory. And in doing this, I did a little research in trying to find an explanation of what a personal inventory is. And I like this one. A personal inventory can help you get a strong sense of who you are so you can be more mindful and take action with how you live your life. I love that.
You've been listening to Frankly with Faith. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, like, and review. I welcome feedback and interaction, so feel free to shoot me an email at franklywithfaith at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at frankly underscore with faith and check out the website for show notes so you don't miss a thing. Go to www.franklywithfaith.com. So please come back next week for another episode of Frankly with Faith.